welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. You you come to us in a moment where we've had some great interruption. We were gonna <laughs> we were gonna get started, and then Moses came to the door and asked if he could blow up balloons, and I said no because <laughs> blowing up balloons is a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. Because sometimes you're capable of blowing up a balloon, and you're capable of slobbering all over the balloon, but you're not capable <laughs> of tying it. And so then it <laughs> turns into an inflate-deflate situation for a long time. And I was thinking, and then it's going to come out here yeah. and interrupt the podcast for me to tie knots on slobbery balloons. And I thought, no, not today. I won't do it. But then his next idea, his second suggestion was, can I eat a sausage? <laughs> so I would say he's got a real party plan in there. He's got a yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. I said yes to the sausage because I don't think I'll need to help with that and it'll be fine. Oh man, I would also like to point out, Rachel, the time of day that it is. It and is the sun is still up in for, the sky. For those of you who aren't familiar with living in the far frozen north, <laughs> it is 419 and we're impressed that the sun is still the up. The sun is up. But this is a really, really. Uh, inspirational time of year like when the when the sun is out you feel like everything is possible yeah when the sun stays up three more minutes than it did the day before you're like i can't even this is so exciting like i know you really feel like to whom much is given much is required (laughs) with the with the daylight the sunshine true it's really an important time of year i know also you may notice that i could sing a bass part right now because my voice is oh yeah real weird so that'll make everything easier for people to tell us apart right. this time that's uh, true we heard some feedback that we can unfortunately not always plan to have becca have a cold no no it's... and people that don't like it that we sound too much alike <laughs> i think I it's just, just sorry we yeah, do and we that's do. how we it sound is sound similar but today i feel like we're I sound a bit like a, more of a smoker than I usually sound. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. Got that heaviness of spirit <laughs> in your voice. <gasps> yeah, so. Right. Anyways, Becca, you said you had something that you thought we should talk well, about. I, Ben and I just got back. We had a trip over the weekend. We were over in Vancouver Washington. So, apologies to the ladies there who already heard me say this, but I was thinking about um, (laughs) (laughs) Rachel did an elegant maneuver. Okay, I thought that I was safe there, and then turns out that my foot was not, it was operating on the skim coat of the snow I walked in and not the rubber of my she boot has sole. her foot on my dash and she suddenly had a massive... And it just suddenly fell off. I have my foot on the dash and my elbow on my knee. Like the pressure is supporting me, this yeah. foot on the dash. So and suddenly it when shot it shot off. off, it really went fast. It went big. Oh, no, but what I was going to say is I was thinking about um, Naaman the Syrian... Oh, who yeah. we just Wait. read about. In... You already talked about this? 
Well, earlier? I talked about it independently of the Bible reading. Oh, and God. then okay. it turned out it I'm was with right you now, there, Sheldon. Yeah, in, in okay. the Bible reading. I was like, Beck, I just yesterday. talked to you about this on the phone this morning. No, this is a different point of application than we talked about this morning. Oh, okay. Um, go for it. You go. So I was thinking about how we, um, as women, in our roles. And the things that God has called us to, we find to be not as glamorous as we wanted it to be. <laughs> I was thinking about Naaman, who's got leprosy, and he needs to get it fixed. Now, the thing is, I was giving a talk about like women's roles during our current cultural meltdown. Yeah. My thesis was, we ought to just man our posts and do the job that right. God said to do. And trust him for cultural, right? Yeah, you know, impact where we kind of want to do more important jobs, maybe become a judge or <laughs> something. Who knows okay. why? But think about Naaman, who's got leprosy. He comes to get it sorted out, and he is very disappointed at the lack of fanfare. And I really got tickled about the verse where he expected him to come out and like call down from heaven and and wave his arm over the leprosy and and do yeah some and big something stuff. that would look more glam yeah and then he gets quite offended at the lack of fanfare mm-hmm. and pouts because he doesn't want to go to the Jordan because. He could have if no, he had wanted the Jordan, to go. The Jordan wash wasn't a, in a river. wasn't a glam destination. No. He was yeah. like, if I wanted to wash in a river, I would have picked a better river than this. And so, <laughs> so he's going to take himself off, and then his wise servant says, "Look, if you were going to do something big and grand, why not try why the not, littler thing? Why not be willing to do the little thing?" And I was thinking how much... And it must be said that the, the little thing did turn out to heal fix him. Fix the leprosy. And, yeah. and had he... The little thing fixed the big thing. Had he gone for all the fanfare in the world, he would have still had leprosy at the end of the day. I want to say a thing. I just, Finish I your just point. Feel was there like, more to say to that? Just how much we can sometimes feel like the obedience God calls us to is beneath... Yes. Significance. Okay, I have a I have a thing to say about that. And I'm not here. I am no prosperity gospel preacher and I'm not trying to get Sometimes we confuse you with to, that. I know you thought I was, but I'm uh-huh. not. And I <laughs> beg you to hold that in your mind while I say this. <laughs> um this is that I'm just experienced now. And Are you? Yeah. I'm old, so that's how I'm doing Elderly it. Elderly Rachel. Elderly. Elderly. And here's what's Geriatric. Happened. Here's what I've... Well, <laughs> if I got pregnant now, it would probably be written down as a geriatric <laughs> pregnancy. So, there you go. Yeah, Here's probably. Here's what I'm here to say, though. I have seen it play out so many times now that I feel like this is just how it is. That you were talking about the obedience that seems beneath us. And that and, the, and like, the it won't thing, work. it won't work. It's not gonna like. There's really no reason to deal with this right now yeah. because it's just. I could have thought of better ideas than right. This. And I have and and I expected better things. And over and over, I have seen in practical experience someone who is stuck in some way, stuck leprous. In yes, fact. leprous, <laughs> stuck, but 
oftentimes stuck in things like single, stuck in not having, like phases of life or like stuck in their job that they don't like and they really wanted to do something else, but they're just stuck or they're stuck spiritually. Like they're just okay. not, they feel like they're at a dead end and there's no joy and there's no whatever. Very, very much the leprosy situ. Okay. okay. Where, when Afflicted, they just, generally. yes, when they just knuckle down to the little obedience that they have not been dealing with. Yep. It often turns out to be an incredibly significant little disobedience. Like it turns out to not be as little as they were telling themselves it is. Mm -hmm. And it turns out often to cut all the way to the heart of the matter. Yeah. And I have seen over and over someone who's carried on for years at one level, finally, through God's grace, try to deal with the thing. Like, try to mm -hmm. actually address yeah. something. And I have seen this in so many different directions. Like, I'm, it is not one kind of sin or one kind of stagnation. Like, or it might, circumstance. Or circumstance. Not... It might be like, um, you know, you have never read your Bible. Like, this is a thing that you've never done. You've coasted on the fumes of everybody else, mm -hmm. and you listen to sermons, and you listen to podcasts, and you read devotionals, and you see Bible verses in passing in all of sure. these things, but you yourself do not go crack open your Bible. And then you just have made reasons to think that that's not going to be a problem in your life or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or... I have seen it with things like eating disorders or food aversions or allergies, things that do not seem temper problems, things that do not seem monumental yeah. and yet actually are, or a, are a just place discontent. Right. And to be clear, I'm not telling you that if you actually have an allergy, that's a disobedience problem. I'm saying that many people disobey, disobey God in those fields, like in that area of like, like, for instance, how many people do they say are vegan because it's an eating disorder? Like, it allows you, if you're vegan, you can uh, get away with not eating anything all the time sure. around people, but you're not actually eating. It's not a principle. It's just no, it's a like, habit. Right. So, my point is, if there are places where you're not telling the truth about something all the way, places where you're, and mm -hmm. things that you've made excuses and compromises or with. you're good with the little white lies. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but all just over and over, I have seen it that like that there is blessing and tremendous blessing right behind the little obedience for well, someone. Sometimes that's why I was trying to say I'm not seems, being a health and wealth or yeah. I'm just saying that. Yeah, that but often, stuff that seems like it's a small disobedience and in one way it really is. Because when mm -hmm. you think about the big wig levels that some people get themselves into, it's true that if you just um, exaggerate a lot and sort of cast yourself differently than perhaps uh -huh. is accurate and portray yourself, you know, like, yes, that's not like, it's not like high level being a hitman. You know, there, there are different, different levels of sin, but at the same time, something small like that, imagine if your, your bike chain came off. It might only still, be, it might only be a quarter of an inch off, but you can't ride your bike now because <laughs> the bike chain is off. Yeah. I think what I was trying to say is though, Naaman, you have a situation where there's actually tremendous blessing 
right behind what he's seen mm-hmm. as just a dirty river that like is like there well, can't and be the thing that that cracks me up about it is that Elisha doesn't even come out of the house, right? So he's offended Elisha, at that. Elisha is a real he's something Gandalfy situation. Yeah. He's kind of I hate to say crotchety, but there's a real <laughs> a bit of that going on. But I'm still just stunned, stunned with Gehazi thinking that you're gonna slip one by <laughs> Elisha. I mean, well, like if you've been sent when you have evidence. That he knows things. Well, that's what I mean. When you're the person that he's like, go lay my staff on the face of the child that he might come back to life. And it didn't, it didn't work, work in that case. But <laughs> but he's, Gehazi no, but, is the assistant to such operations. No, it's like the king of Syria. Is it the king of Syria that they say, like, the things you say in your bedchamber, Elisha knows and tells the king of Israel. I mean, and so Gehazi knows that. No, and he's, and like, he's uh, like, I'm going to get some silver I'll do anyways. a quick sneak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, like, that's part of the funny thing is that Elisha tells him through the door, kind of, doesn't he? He just doesn't bother to come out. He passes the message out. Yeah, to Naaman. And then yeah. Naaman he, is like, I'm here with a letter from the king and I'm with the fanfare a bunch and of treasure. And, the, the, and you can't even come out no, to, to but, wave But Elisha <laughs> also won't come out to get paid. No. Like, he wouldn't come no. out to see the problem, won't come out to get paid, just not going to do it. But... but I just, I just like that Naaman once, like he makes the journey, he's desperate. He's going to try anything. He's going to make a long yeah. trip based on the say-so of a little servant girl at his house, which means... Who said, if only you were in my yeah. country. Yeah. So basically he is a guy who's desperate. Mm-hmm. And then he's very offended about the solution offered to yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing that I was thinking about. Well, let me first try to put a bow on this initial thought which is that whatever way that you are stuck in some problem or cul-de-sac of joylessness or whatever there's often a little Jordan River of obedience that you don't want to get into right like and it's just like listen and people were saying well if I wanted if I wanted to do that I could do it in a nicer way but I don't want to do that over and over and over I have seen in people's lives and in my own life in its own ways, that the, those little moments that right past that is just tremendous yep. blessing from God. And even if it's not the huge blessing of getting you out of that log jam and, you know, bringing a spouse for you or right. giving you a child or something tremendous like that. There's the tremendous blessing of being done with your disobedience yeah, well, and being and, in fellowship with God. Like and clarity is and the clarity waiting. of what's happening and knowing that you're obeying yeah. God and knowing that you're glorifying him and not having this little ugly cupboard in your heart that you don't really want to look in well, but you're assuring everyone or, is fine. Yeah, or you feel like, yes, i I'm gonna have to address that, but I'm probably gonna have to like sign up for a retreat somewhere and I'm going to have to uh, take And it's going to be a big whole thing. Four weeks. I'm not going to need to just confess that or call right. my old teacher or my old boss and say I took 20 bucks out of the cash box that right. time. Right. You're not, you're not, you're like, no, it'll have to be a whole thing. I'll have to commit a yeah. time to handling that. Like, no, there's no day like today. <laughs> Handle it right now. Yeah. Like, do it right now. Yeah. And the thing is, this is just really important. It's a very important thing. The little Jordan River is full mm-hmm. of big healing. Like yeah. the little 
obedience mm-hmm. is a real out, like <laughs> actual solution to yeah. your big problems. But okay, then that reverse side is something that I was thinking about in our, because of the Bible reading too, which is Solomon. Solomon. I mean, he's amazing. And so tragic. So bad. But so amazing at the same time, right? Like you have these, mm-hmm. like, I was thinking this time. It makes, I mean, Ecclesiastes sums it up. Oh my he word. does it. I he did. the distance. I did it. I did everything there was to do under the sun. You know what else you know, I noticed this mm-hmm. time that I think had eluded me in previous reads is that when his wives led him astray, it says he was old. And I did not notice that before. Huh. You know what I thought about his wives this time is I thought he was a man, his wealth and his power, and he was just a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. And I think he was... Mm-hmm. Bringing in the peacocks from foreign lands and the unique woods and also the unique women. Mm -hmm. And that he was curating the whole thing like it was a museum. Like letting them carry on with their worship of false gods and things. Like, like, Like he seemed too interested in... But they turned his heart. It wasn't like he just... But at first he built... Uh, like he he just was well, like he's temple. built yeah but then he built the temple but then he built like the palace of the forests of Lebanon and another palace for one of his wives and uh, see um, I was Ben and I were talking about this the Song of Solomon you just are like who which one are you yeah but like the original one appears to be the daughter of Pharaoh you know like yeah. she's the first one she's the one he builds the palace for mm-hmm. Which is crazy in itself that he's married to the daughter of Pharaoh. But then, but you're like, is that what we're talking about? Is that, you know, when he's giving instruction in Proverbs Why to his son. Why would they call the daughter of Pharaoh the Shunammite? I don't know. But I mean, like, it's just sort of was when, or maybe not Song of Solomon. What about like when he's giving instructions to your son? about not letting your fountains be spread abroad, the wife of your youth, is that Pharaoh's daughter for him? Like, is he looking back at the... No idea. Yeah, no? But the thing that I was thinking about Solomon is that what he built was monumentally radder than anything in ancient Rome or Greece. And, like, what did God leave of it? Like... <laughs> nothing. Right? Like, there is nothing that you can go see that Solomon built. Mm-mm. Like, and Solomon, who was doing everything more than anyone had ever done. Like, when it was just like... bring some stuff back from Babylon when they came. Yeah, but he was full of, like, um... You know, the throne of ivory overlaid with gold with, with lions, lions on all the side yeah. and nothing like it had ever been seen before and everyone and silver was just the aluminum of their time and, the and queen they were of like Sheba just had the and heart she just left out of her. Which is actually interesting that they still trace their royal line, right? In Ethiopia, isn't it? That they that they still, their whole line goes back to what they think was the child of Solomon and I don't know. the Queen I, of Sheba. I, I don't know if these are things that are like legends that oh, were brought to us Oh, they are legends. From, they are legends for sure. But, but they are, are they 
brought to us from Marvel or are they brought to so. us from I'm pretty sure I've read sources. about that. Okay, anyways, the point that I'm Marvel. Surely Solomon doesn't make an appearance <laughs> in any Marvels. I'm I'm really not interested in Marvel to the point that I wouldn't know if there was one about no, Solomon. I just don't think not, there is. But I just yeah. mean like is it okay. that level of legend I don't think or so. is it is no, I think it's ancient. actually their yeah, their I own. I do um, not know the answer to that. So, but what I was trying to say about that is just how it was Solomon's disobedience meant that he had no legacy. Like, obviously, he has a legacy. No, well, not yeah. his buildings, not his yeah, sure. works of wealth. We still have not. his proverbs and, and his, his Ecclesiastes. He Ecclesiastes. His song. And we yes. have some of his things, but yes. I mean, he invested himself in the physical grandeur and what I'm sure he believed would be a monumental heritage of a civilization. Or even in Ecclesiastes where he's talking about doing, building gardens and Mm -hmm. like he just did, did the stuff, everything. And it's actually amazing because it's how kind of God to leave his wisdom as a legacy and to leave his faithfulness and like Ecclesiastes and those mm-hmm. things as a legacy yeah. that we still have of him. But man, we can't see the, the grandeur because of the disobedience, like because of God saying, yeah. I'm going to destroy all that. Well, this is made me think of that, but it's not really the same point, but I was thinking how funny it is. Cause when you read the old Testament, they're just not nailing it. Like the whole time they're not, <laughs> nailing it. You've got these kings who sort yeah, of... Yeah, and when you condense it into one... Where you, one have, yeah. you have the homosexual prostitutes working out of the temple. That's that's a low point. It was a low point. You have, you have uh, Josiah and the priest and everybody didn't even know there was a book of the law and were stunned to find the it. The big recovery then, of the law. Then yeah. when they celebrate... Remember... Um, when is it that they celebrate the Passover? Is that with Josiah? And it said they hadn't even done it since Joshua. Right. Like they didn't know what like, they were doing. Yeah. There was a whole lot of time when they were just whiffing it. And the funny part is, by the time Christ comes, man, they're, they are on it. They are doing the things. They are obeying the rules down to the little nubbins. They've had time to overdo are, it. I mean, they're yeah. missing it. But they're also, they are celebrating the feast. But they are aware the of it. It feels like their time in Babylon was fruitful. Yeah. When they came, when they came back from Babylon, they came back ready to do better. <laughs> because up until they left for Babylon, I don't think they had it together for Man, very long. You know what? All. I had this. I was talking with my kids about this, about just the situation in the world right now, which. Is rough. Well, it is. Almost any direction you look, you're not going to run into the big good news. You're going <laughs> to just be like, whoa, well, that's too bad. That's too bad. And one of the things that I was telling him about was I really should Google this person's name, but if I start Googling, Becca's going to be like, Rachel's looking at her phone. Yeah. So I, I like won't. to call. So now attention. instead, I'm just going to rough it without the details. But okay. there was a missionary. I think it was just in the 1800s and it was going to go to the Pacific Islands, like uh, oh, yeah. Fiji yeah, and around there. And they were full of cannibals at the time. And somebody said to this missionary, like, you could be eaten by cannibals. Mm-hmm. And he just was like, madam, 
it makes no difference to me whether my body is eaten by cannibals or by worms <laughs> and yep. you just gotta love the mood yeah. of a man who would say that but better than that I think now I'm telling the truth. They really need a fact checker. If only I knew what we were going to talk about before we got to it. Yeah, I we could, could come with check notes, my sources, but I don't come know. Come with three by five cards. Um, I think he was eaten by cannibals. They went oh. They went to the islands, and the first okay. wave of people who got there were killed and eaten by the cannibals. Okay. And some other wonderful person said something like, my loose quote, that having been baptized in the blood of the martyrs, like Christ has claimed these islands for his own. Oh. Like, yeah. that the blood of the martyrs being there is how sure. we know that they'll be taken. They're taken. No, yeah. it's like, and, and fast forward, it's not even that long. It's the Fiji, the Fijian rugby team that sings hymns. Like, it's a Christian mm. country. I mean, it's like, the places where this happened wow. are Christian yeah. right now. They're becoming like the rest of the Christian world, post-Christian. Like sure, we're, yeah. we're swinging all the way out the other end right. in a bad way. But it struck me how, you know that in the New Testament, like you've resisted, but you've not yet resisted to, to the, the shedding of blood. blood yeah. And I was thinking, here we all are resisting, but we're not resisting to no. the shedding of blood yet. But I was realizing how whenever it is that that happens, whenever we have resisted to the point of shedding blood, that that's actually a significant moment Mm -hmm. where you know Christ is conquering. Yeah. Right? Like that that's the same, the faith that could look at missionaries being eaten, right? Well, at the get go, pretty much. Church is always advanced by the blood of the martyrs. By the blood of the martyrs. And I was realizing that that's actually a thing. That how much the, I am in no way trying to say, let's go all be provocative or try to foment a riot that results in bloodshed. But my point here is actually more about people who want to compromise and compromise and compromise to try Mm -hmm. to keep anything from ever getting to a place where like... If you, I don't mean go be provocative, but I'm saying if you being faithful is provoking someone, you don't need to, like, the more Christians just take a stand and hold the stand, the more likely it is to get to the point of blood, right? Like, I think, too, this is sort of similar to the name in the Syrian thing also, which is, if God told you to do it, and it doesn't feel like sometimes it might feel too scary, but in Naaman's case, it felt too humdrummy. But if you're doing what God told you He's to like, do, I might be a leper, but I'm a fancy leper. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're doing what He said, trust Him for the outcome. Because mm-hmm. when you're standing there looking at the Jordan, it'll be like, well, it doesn't seem to me like that's what's going to do it. You know, I want to. I wanted a or, crazy or like, prophet. If I to confessed, come out. if I confessed that thing to my husband, he then would think I was like yeah. he would not give me as much respect. Yeah. So I don't want to tell him that I sinned against him. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to, and I and it's amazing. Yeah. Or I don't want to drop my prickly demeanor towards him. No. That would. 
If I showed any weakness, I might have to obey him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The thing that I was really, what I meant is just that like, we need that kind of faith as we live in it. Like, cause I genuinely think we just, I'm no prophet, but do you think our kids will live out their lives without seeing actual Christian martyrdom here? Because I don't, I I have a hard time thinking that there won't be some of that. Well, I don't know. Great awakenings do happen. And that's what I'm praying for is that we have one of those. And that would be possible for people to turn back to God. And to ask him to forgive them for their bad But one needs. of the ways that people turn back to God is when the Christians themselves are obedient. Like, like when well, what all right? of the little things that Christians are harboring, whether it's like compromise with all of the wokeness and raunchiness of entertainment or compromise with your own, like, well, whatever. Do you know what? I have an example of You're this. going to be keeping us in the judgment hotspot. There was... <laughs> I just felt like I didn't know where to look. I saw this news story that was terrible about something terrible. The whole thing perpetrated by Christians being dumb. It was like, <laughs> what is going on? Apparently, there was a big dust... Um, because uh, Bob Jones University has a fashion design program and they had a fashion show in which one little dude put on a series of events that was, that was the first one was Eve and she was wearing some ball gown situation that he had the bottom all frayed out but he had like a red blood handprint on her face and it was like he that and then he had Hmm. satan and satan was wearing something weird and then and then jesus but jesus was wearing a red trench coat dress situation that was being modeled by a guy wearing a crown of thorns now here's the problem is that it the he looked gay the whole thing looked gay and there was a great outrage amongst some alumni and then it surprises me that such a thing ever happened at Bob Jones well then they apologized they made a thing about it they're gonna fix it it won't happen again whatever well this was being reported unto us by a Baptist news of some sort Baptist global network or Baptist news central Baptist super what is what is it doing (laughs) but having a breathless panic attack about the fact that Bob Jones apologized for this. A panic attack because they were they were calling our attention to the fact that not only does Bob Jones have a history of promoting segregation, but they believe that God created the world in six days and it's young earth and they believe in complementarianism and they think there's differences between men and women and all of that awful stuff that they believe there. And and it was the this most... Was a Baptist yes. thing reporting it? Yes. That's why I was looking so at it. Like, like, this reporter what? has gone rogue than the fashion oh, designer. Well... It was as rogue as the fashion designer. And I was just like, nothing about this. You've got this obviously sort of gay agenda thing happening at Bob Jones. People noticed it. Other people minded it. And then the Baptist reporter fiercely defending the rights of 
trying to blur distinctions between men and women and and connecting it to their dastardly creationist beliefs. I just so weird. It makes you feel like things are not well in the <laughs> in the Christian world. Well, my point is that <laughs> tying all of these things together. I just don't think there's anything. I don't think there's any reason to I'm not trying to place bets or be a prophet. I'm saying whatever is happening, our kids need to be courageous enough to be martyred. Right? Well, I think God's Everyone, teaching them to be courageous. Uh, absolutely. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that in a fearful way. I'm saying it in a like I'm saying that as far as how we need to be trying to equip our children, we but, don't need to, This reminds me. I think this just one point though. I don't think we need to get the grace yet to be martyred. Because I think when no. the time comes, we'll have to get No, there. but we but, need the grace today to do the thing no, that we don't want to do today. What I was going to say is he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And you can't expect to live a life of punky compromise every day. And then suddenly think you Self would have... Self-indulgence. Yeah. You'd have a backbone back. at the end. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Someone said this to me. I'm going to pull it up for a department of hell no... On the clock. Okay. This is an NPR article. NPR is always... NPR! In my experience, they're just right there with the Baptist Global reports. <laughs> yeah, NPR. Okay, this is the name of the article. And then I will tell you their blurb about the article. The name is 22 Tips for 2022. To fight, air quotes, laziness. Slow down and focus on your values. Well, then their blurb is, don't beat yourself up for feeling, scare quote, lazy. You aren't. No. No one is. No one is. It's never been done. It's a myth. It hasn't happened. Laziness doesn't exist. it's probably a sign you need to take a break, not work harder. Here's how to reframe your thinking. Uh, You know what? What I think is, is when people are addicted to meth, what will help is if they... Double down on take a spa day to meth it out. Take more meth. That'll help. But the thing is, like NPR, (laughs) you lie. You lie the big times. Yeah. Why was I saying this? Except for it reminded me of the thing that I was saying. I'm not saying our children are all about to be martyred, but I'm saying our culture is in this weird hyper indulgent cycle where we think we deserve everything we shouldn't have to work hard and unless you're really actively parenting according to God's word and not just what's happening around you Mm -hmm. you're probably getting swept up a little bit in this trying to just get your kids a experience of of like happy you know what I mean like trying to shelter them and protect them and keep them in a little uh I'm not really a bubble is not what I mean, but like just, just consumed with the little things of life instead of the big, the heart of obedience and primary orientation to. But I think that's the point is that having your, your big priorities sorted means doing a lot of little humdrummy obedient things. Yes. It's like, you can't have it be one big dramatic Moment. gesture that yeah. you perpetrate sometime it has to be a lot of ongoing um, faithfulness. You have to drop all your little petty complaining. Dad preached a magnificent sermon, the state of the church 
sermon. And then the next one that was really good too, the solidarity with Canada okay. one, which is what was on my mind and the yeah. why we were talking about this anyways. You've resisted, okay. but not yeah. yet to the shedding sure. of blood, you know, et cetera. Uh, because there you have a Christian nation that's essentially outlawing the yeah, gospel. Well, yeah. Right. And we'll we'll send you to jail for five years if you suggest someone should not be gay. Well, also, I just like that anybody can turn into absolutely anything else. The one thing you cannot do is or, turn from a homosexual into a heterosexual. That one's off the verboten. table. You but if you're saying from, how to become a trans person, oh yeah. there's many a medical professional helping you If you're a man, you, you can become a woman. If you're trans, you can become bi. If you're bi, you can become lesbian. If you're lesbian, you can become whatever. You cannot become straight. We'll send you to jail over that one. <laughs> no, we'll send to jail any promoters that you do yeah, become well, straight. Exactly. Either way, the, 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 uh, yeah, craziness in Canada. And that's another, that's just an example of a post-Christian nation going back to total right. paganism and, you know. Which won't work, incidentally. No. You can't go back to total paganism. No, but you can go back to even more judgment than you would have oh, gotten yeah, under sure. original oh, that's paganism. That's why it would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah in the judgment than for the Than for that. We're getting into the we're getting into the (laughs) we're getting into the heavy topics today. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean it in that way. I think it should be really inspirational in the sense that you're thinking like I've said this for years that women need to think that they are actually that your home is your mission field, like that you've actually been called and we've talked about this all the time before about the fact that it's not enough um it's not like only those people who go overseas to be missionaries yeah. are in full-time Christian work. Like, yeah. you are in full-time Christian work in your home. You didn't get to opt out. You're not like, we. Mm-hmm. none of us get to be the fat kid that's not participating in PE no. about the Christian life or being refined or what yeah. we're doing. Like, we all bear responsibilities and need to be out there in it. But... All of this ties together with the fact that your little obedience at home is a significant contribution to equipping your children and equipping the church to be faithful and equipping, I mean, every, all of it, Absolutely. you know, dad preached this wonderful sermon. That's when I got distracted with Canada. Sorry. <laughs> he uh, preached this wonderful sermon about how, how we prepare for much harder trials and persecution and mm-hmm. issues is hospitality that how that the practice of Christian hospitality is the practice of, uh, is of, I mean, I like can't think of a great summary of what he was saying. He didn't say this. I'm saying this part, the practice of dying to yourself sure. in little things yep. when you are serving other people and being mm-hmm. obedient and hospitality is that practice is equipping you. And I think it's because because every time that you are dying to your flesh and living to Christ, when you're like, I don't feel like doing this or I'm going to do this, anytime you're being obedient instead of self-indulgent, you're dying to your flesh and living to Christ, right? You're right. like, this is what I'm going to do. And and what is being martyred if not that? Yeah. Like, it is dying yeah. to your flesh and living to Christ, right? Like, yeah. And how much of your daily life is actually muscle memory repetition Mm -hmm. opportunities for Mm -hmm. that faithfulness. Like that faithfulness of 
looking at it objectively and saying, my, all my heart, my emotions, my desire is out of line and I will put it to death because I'm going to do this. Yep. Absolutely. It's, but all, I think all I'm saying is I don't think we need to get the grace yet for going to the stake because... Well, um, and I'm saying we do because it's probably the same grace as we need to get to go to the laundry when well, we don't feel like the, it. That's the key right there. Is <laughs> yeah. that we've got to get that grace. And I, I don't think, see them kicking up a bonfire for but, us right now, but I, you never know. But if we get too distracted with that big end and being terrified of that and wondering about that and getting fearful well, about yeah. that then it will just distract us right out of what we're supposed to be doing. And just remember that obedience is joy. And so saying the joy of the Lord is our strength is like when you're being obedient, it's not, I'm, we're not recommending you go be obedient. And it's a big sour time because being obedient is being healed of your leprosy. <laughs> like being obedient is, is glorious yep. and joyful and freeing and merciful. And it's not like, you have to exist on this diet of sawdust and right. having blisters all the way until like right. it's a happy life that we're right. talking about. We're right. not talking about. Well, you know how sometimes there are some sins that that you feel like the judgment is the sin itself. It's like because now the person is doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like it's a sin worthy of judgment, but it's judgment like, is being it already you. is the you, judgment. You're it's being like that there's person. that. Yeah. But I also think that there's obedience that in itself is the reward. Oh, that's Because true. it's like uh-huh. now you have the blessing of being that, you know, like if you, if you right. choose to be joyful, totally. well, guess what? Now you're actually a, being joyful. And we've and, talked about that before about the, um, about the whole concept of like people looking at God's prohibitions, like the Ten Commandments, and feeling like we're being prohibited from all the fun times. <laughs> but you're like, have you ever heard of anyone talk about the, you know, I was going to say their own covetousness or something, like it was really a great time? It's never been fun for anyone to be covetous. Yeah. Has it been? good for anyone to serve other gods like no talk about enslavement and bondage and yeah like such sad times and like adultery as we all know has always been life-giving life-giving bring happiness just joy in its wake and (laughs) happiness and life-giving times like no like none of those things that are prohibited those are the kinds of prohibitions that that the that open up to you freedom and like not um, like not being sexually immoral opens up to you the freedom of not having a monstrous amount of baggage right. about that. Like, and we, and it's funny how we just yearn, you know, we have this new puppy. It's funny how the nature of offense does lead people to put their paws on it. And <laughs> Man, yeah. Look past the wires, like poor me. <laughs> I'm stuck in here with all the magical dog toys I actually like, but I just see nothing but what's beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yep. my point is the boundaries are mercies, not well. Yeah, and if and if you're joyful, well, then guess what? You're having a better time. And that's if, actually a big thing that we should all say about marriage. The the 
the Christian ethic of marriage and headship and submission. Okay. Just knuckle it down and being like, amen, I will do it. Like, a, like I will accept this standard without chafing and sure. tossing my head about. <laughs> I will accept what God says about marriage. Like, I will. It's yeah. like, just doing that is, that's one of those things where I think obeying God, it, there's so much of the reward yeah, in the it's obedience. Built in. It's just built into the mm-hmm. fruit of the obedience mm-hmm. and the fun of living in the obedience. Yeah. Yep. Well, I feel like we've really covered it all. And if you told us, <laughs> if you told us, please give a podcast on Naaman, the Assyrian, <laughs> Solomon, general obedience and martyrdom. And the state of Canada. And Canada in there. <laughs> anything else? Did we want to get anything else? It's a good question. Maybe we should talk about best track suits to, <laughs> to purchase. <laughs> Just another thing that belongs real... in this talk. A real curator of tracksuits myself. Yeah, there was a so. time where people <laughs> wishing around at the supermarket was a thing that happened, you know? Like, when there would be... Um, the windbreaker suits. The windbreaker suits with the... They're probably coming back in now, you know? They're, everything like that is coming back around. They've been out long enough. But the ones that were, like, teal, yeah. turquoise... <laughs> <laughs> with like a magenta, with like an inset asymmetrical yeah. stripe, and it would be really good. Yeah, that would be it for sure. In that yeah. in that time, but then you'd wear those pants, and they wouldn't be quiet. It's like <laughs> it was like a lightweight, a lightweight noisemaker snow pant. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been a subtle. No, you can sneak up on anybody. Those. Yeah, no, you no. just all around. I'm, I'm proud to say I never wore those. Uh, I didn't wear the kind that we're talking about, but I definitely <laughs> wore a track suit when I was in track. It was an Umbro track mm. suit and uh, royal blue. I just have this royal, really royal blue distinct uh, impression of some of those track suits that must have had something really unfortunate going on with whatever lining fabric they chose because they would ride up when people walked. So then Uh-oh. you'd get a big hitch going on. <laughs> I actually think a, that that's the more that's, of a balloon around the top and, and a lot of uh, a lot of sort of weird weird stress lines around the thighs. <laughs> it's like though, they didn't hang I think elegantly. It, I think that's a result of a slippery fabric. And an elastic waistband. Well, because if you probably... put an elastic waistband onto a slickery Sue situation, <laughs> you know it's going to ride up if you start moving around. But it's going to just probably seek... a slightly staticky liner inside that that. You well, know. my particular experience with a tracksuit was not a lined tracksuit. Well, no, because what I'm saying is, you know how if you're wearing a pair of tights and then a skirt that isn't lined or doesn't have a slip. Then it just clings on to your yeah. tights and then starts to hitch around. Um, I feel like that's what those tracksuits did. Yeah. They they hitched up on the inside <laughs> tight. <laughs> I remember having one pair of shorts oh, that man. were just murder to run in. Because you felt like, like whatever was happening, it was not thought through <laughs> ergonomically like needed, yeah it was you not needed correct. to hang some of those tablecloths yes <laughs> you'd have to run so you would end up running like four steps kick a leg out to the side 
run, 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 kick, run, 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 kick, run, 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 <laughs> kick. That's what I was always despising about, about maternity pants because there was no <laughs> pair that would stay up because all my children were way too large. Just I way am, too I large. am, Becca, we are revealing the, our age because I have to tell you, Moses is six. Yeah. And the maternity technology. No, I know. Made leaps and bounds yeah, no, from I know. the time I was pregnant with Lena to the time I was yeah, pregnant with Moses. Yeah, but between the time I was pregnant with Knox and then pregnant with Judah. I just thought we have our best minds that. on this. It's getting much better. Best No, what? but Judah is when I had Lena. Yeah, and I know. between and Lena and Moses, yeah. the technology yeah. improved but so vastly. But it was horrible vastly. because I remember being like in the grocery store and you'd go like step, step, hitch. Step, step, hitch. Step, step, hitch. It I think I've told this so story. So infuriating. Somebody told me I'd be so delighted to be pregnant in the winter because it'd be so cozy. And that was with Daphne, my number two mm. child. And I, it was actually, Scuffed. it was actually a thing I needed to not think about because <laughs> it was like, I didn't need to document how much I loathed being big pregnant in the middle of winter. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Well, the one moment that I really felt like personified the evils of the situation was some some errand that I was doing at the old Palouse Empire Mall <laughs> in the middle of a snow blast. So there is I'm wearing a coat, obviously. Right. But I also have Lena who is also wearing a coat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but also I have a diaper bag. Yeah. Right. Also, I'm yeah. carrying some, and also and your pants keep also, unhitching. Okay, I have snow boots on, some kind of a, <laughs> some kind of a, um, sweater, and then a coat, and, and then probably, probably your, like a tank top or a like camisole. Your hair is going down and, inside the and, collar. Yeah, things just got started going really wrong out in the parking lot. But I'm holding a child, <laughs> and I have to get into the mall. And I'm like, I just got to make it 50 more feet. Like, I can do it. And I'm going to make it. And by the time I got into the mall, <laughs> I, my <laughs> jeans, <laughs> which they do not deserve that name, but my jeans <laughs> that had a big elastic extension panel on the yeah, top of them. Those are delightful. And they were so far gone that the crotch was at my knees. <laughs> And the, like they were still on me, but they were on me like starting at the elastic panel at your normal waist line. And then there you you describe like this pants hitch, on the ground hitch as you go this hitch as you go situation which you cannot do when you have a coat and a sweater oh, and a bag no. and a toddler in a coat all with you. And I had to do like what seemed like a full on first grader in a Christmas program move, which is fixing your <laughs> Then I had to like put the baby down, put my bag down, hitch my try to hitch his panel up, but you're trying to get a panel up to like your armpits under a sweater. How are you gonna do it? You can't do it. It's like no, there's there's no, no solution. It no. was like and I think I just felt like that's it. I don't like it. I I don't wanna live through this again. I think after that no. point, I probably just chose like, to not wear a coat. I was like, like, I'm just going to dwell in kimonos now. I was kind of like, I don't care what you say, but that can't happen again. Like, this, this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah. I, I reached a point with one of them where I just 
gave up altogether on trying to even cope with the pants. And I had one wonderful, wonderful dress that was big enough to fit around this rhinormous <gasps> stomach. Judah was ten nine and a half, so yeah, just trust me that it wasn't funny. And then, and then, um, it was like I could bend down and pick something up, and I could stand up again without having no a whole wardrobe episode. No need to like start fresh on where you put your clothes. No. Yeah. <laughs> So no, I, I just wore it every single day. When that I was, was all. when it I was, was pregnant with the twins, my life situation had reached such an urgent level that a friend of mine called to say that her mom had found some maternity clothes in Maryland. Little oh, shout out to Tracy a Williams, friend. a friend's mom indeed, who yeah. saw that's what I think what friend. happened is she happened upon some maternity clothes that her first thought was, my, but this looks impossibly huge. And then her second thought was, I bet Rachel could use it. <laughs> <laughs> and like a very sweet person, somehow I got this. But one of them was this white cotton, like a cream cotton gap maternity shirt, but it was okay. just endlessly large yeah and which was exactly what i needed needed, at that time Mm -hmm. but i had this problem which is that my belly was so huge that then where the shirt dropped off the edge of my belly (laughs) was too far out like there was too much (laughs) that could go wrong on the underside you needed and i had and i had little kids in the house, so oh, yeah. I felt like all they'd be, you know, I I needed them to not only have that view of their mother, <laughs> so <laughs> I, but the shirt was big and billowy enough that I tied it in a like oh, I yeah. could tie it on the side. Okay, yeah, that works. It's the most comfortable thing. And Aunt Heather came to visit, yeah, and I remember her. Probably always remember that she walked into my kitchen and just died laughing. I was wearing that shirt and she said, it looks just like a balloon with a little <laughs> the little knot on the side. Uh, like yep. my yep. the balloon shirt that was just way yep. too Yeah. Way too huge of a belly. With that that was the belly that Daphne would walk up to me and and I couldn't see her at all. Just, <laughs> I was like Daphne are you under there? Daphne and I couldn't pick her up because of mobility issues. Because if you, I could get my hands like on her armpits, but trying to get her out angle. around, I mean, it's like whatever dangerous rock climbing situation <laughs> that is, trying to get her out. Yeah. So I, I would have to turn to the side yeah. to do a side lift for oh, Daphne. Yeah. Hoik yeah. her up. And I remember I sitting her on the kitchen counter a lot because. There was nowhere to put her, but I felt like she was still little enough that she needed yeah. to be able to walk up to her mom and be held. But my word, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Yes. That Indeed. was how that happened. So. Well, we really did cover. It's all, good to know that you can talk about naming the Assyrian and maternity pants in the well, same. Well, I episode. like that you. It started as a challenge, but we took it up. suits, and then we went with it. Never let it be said that we don't take a challenge. If only we had a metaphor for the tracksuit, then we could name the episode tracksuits. But I can't justify that. A spiritual static. <laughs> It'd be kind of like a pun. It's we like could, your spiritual we, life might be riding up awkwardly if you're not being metaphor. obedient. Yeah. yeah, you might be wearing the tracksuit of spirituality. <laughs> 
the bad tracksuit. I know. <laughs> unspirituality. Ooh, I'd have a hard time really pulling this metaphor off, but I think if we worked hard enough, we could come up with a connection. All right. Well, guys, now, our tip is to be obedient. Yeah. And to do, do it today that. instead of another do time. it today. Don't wait till it comes out some other way. Get on yeah. it. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. guys. For more from Becca and Rachel, check out the Feminine Ladies section on Canon Plus. Just go to mycanonplus.com and start listening today. Right.